But what I want to really dive into is our theme for this year. How many of you remember what we opened up 2021 with last, last week? Anybody? I'm going to ask you again. Use your chat. Just drop it in. Yeah, somebody said that. Radiant once. All right. Hey, uh, put it up in chat. Radiant once. Radiant once. You know, our, our theme for 2021 or a promise for 2021 is Radiant Once and I'm excited to see how God once again unfolds that in the lives of every single one of us. Do you believe that? I, I would usually say show of hands but I'm going to say show of emojis if you believe that everybody. Come on. Show of emojis if you believe that. That 2021 you and me will be the Radiant Ones that Jesus wants us to be. And we started off with Psalm 34 last week reading from 1 to 5 and I just want to pick up uh, verses 4 and 5. And, and the band over here I hope you guys are ready because we're going to dive into the word. So you are my audience, live audience for tonight, so don't leave me hanging. Talk back to me. Is that okay, guys? Yes. Right. Okay. And uh, Psalm 34, verses 4 and 5, it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Can somebody say Radiant. Can somebody say radiant? I, know, I, I can't hear you guys, but I'm sure I, I can see some of you, if you those of you who have kept your cameras on. And all those who are tuning in from YouTube, uh, I want to I encourage you to join us on Zoom. Because we can have this live interaction going on as well. And uh, radiant ones is our promise. And I love that every time we see it in the Bible as well, that I have to say, Diving into the promises of God is an adventure, man. Diving in to, to receiving the promise, you know, embracing it fully, uh, seeing it come alive into our lives is, is another joy to, to really see that happen. It's, it's an adventurous journey because most of the times if you see uh, a promise like this or any other promises in the Bible, every single time there was a promise that was given to the people in the scriptures, the immediate or the next big thing in their lives was a challenge was a test or, 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 or a situation that was so contrary to the promise that, had, that, they, that they had received. Anybody facing challenges tonight? Anybody facing still like 2021? I don't know if you started like the way you thought it would or it has totally surprised you yet again. But I want to tell you that this is the promise and this is the theme that we are going to be running into this year with, that we believe in God. And I love this about our faith in Jesus, that the scriptures and the promises that are mentioned in the scriptures are meant to become a reality in our lives. Can you say that? A reality. Not just a feel good, not just a feel good thing, not just something that uh, you hear it for a few weeks, you hear it for a few months and then it just vanishes, but it becomes a reality. The scriptures, the very things that Jesus has, has penned down in the Holy Bible, the Holy Spirit desires that those promises come alive in every situation of your life. And I believe these scriptures are going to come alive in the lives of Zealous community. I believe that because Jesus is faithful. He is faithful. And, and, and you know the thing is, right? If you, if you love, 
if, if you've seen the promises, if you, if you like reading this, the scriptures, we are not assured always of a life that is free from suffering. Did I disappoint somebody? We are not always assured a life that is free from troubles when it comes to following Jesus. We are though assured of his presence. We are assured of, of, of the helper that the Holy Spirit that the Bible talks about who leads us at every step and, and leads us and kind of creates ways for us in those moments of pain, in those challenging moments, in those troublesome times and in the times of suffering as well. It's, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that instructs us, that teaches us to seek God with all our heart. And just like we saw last week, right, when we were reading this psalm, uh, Psalm 34, that one of the most obvious outcomes of seeking God and looking to Him is being radiant with joy. I'm going to ask you to type this again. I'm going to ask you guys to say it again. Radiant with joy. Come on, put up that in your chat right now. Let's do this together. I don't want to be the only one talking tonight. I'm going to be talking. You guys are going to be t uh, typing. Is that okay? Is that a good deal? Right? Radiant with joy. And as you set out to do everything this year, I'm sure some of you would have listed down your goals. You would have listed down all the things that you desire to do this year. God wants all of us to be intentional with our choices and our actions. Can you say choices and actions? Choices and actions. And the first step to, to do that is to be aware and, and be sensitive when it comes to the presence of God in your life. The first step to, to, to be intentional and the first step to be uh, intentional with your choices and your actions is to be sensitive to the presence of God. And I want to kind of just give a, give a, uh, just a, like a start off by telling you that over the next few weeks, we're going to be studying about few people in the scriptures. Uh, we're going to be learning from their lives and their, and their life situations what it truly means to seek God. What it means to seek God. So if you're wondering what's going to be happening in Zealous for the next three weeks, in, starting this week, I want to tell you, the next three weeks, we're going to be learning about seeking God. Is that okay? So, so if you don't see anybody on this call right now, if you don't see your, your, the people who, who you used to see in this, uh, in, in this space when we used to meet, if you're not there, I want you to just take a quick minute, send them a quick DM, send them uh, wherever you guys reach out to them on, on WhatsApp, IG, wherever you guys talk to them, tell them, hey, don't miss out. Don't miss out because the next three weeks are going to be interesting because all of us are going to be learning on what it means to seek God. And this authentic pursuit of going after the presence of God begins when we realize that there is a difference between cherishing the good things in life and cherishing God. Cherishing the good versus cherishing the God things in life. And, and before we go forward, I just want to just commit this next few minutes in, into God's hands because I believe he's got a word for you tonight. You're not here to listen to Ninad. You're not here to listen to another good talk for the next 20 to 25 minutes. You are here to hear from God. Anybody? Again, show of emojis if you want Jesus to reach out and speak into your situations tonight. If that's you, let's pray. God, I want to pray for the next few minutes, even as we dive into your word. You would give me the grace to bring this forth in clarity. 
Lord, with conviction and with uh, all that you desire to do in our lives. Father, this community, we bring this entire tribe of zealous before you. And we ask you, Lord, do what you do best in our lives. Do what you do best through our lives. And even as we unfold the, the power, the beauty, and the majestic nature of your scriptures, that your Holy Spirit would reach out to every single need and the desire of our hearts tonight. In fact, your Holy Spirit would even uh, reach out and correct and, and change certain desires of our heart tonight is my prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to start off by just telling you, I want to, I want to kind of unfold these few things, really, uh, that God has been really shaping in, in my lifestyle, uh, in my life journey when it comes to pursuing the presence of God. Uh, these, these things are not like an intellectual uh, reading that I have seen or I have just borrowed from. But what I want to share with you tonight is something that the presence of God has been really shaping and molding in my life over the last decade or so. And, and I want to start off by just telling you there is a difference in enjoying and cherishing the pleasures of life which are given by God. That's one thing. Versus becoming just lovers of the pleasures that are around us. Do you, do you guys hear me? Right? There's, there's a difference. There's a, there's, because there's this, there's this tension that builds up in our lives. There's this, there's this, there are these times where we really don't know how to choose. There are these times where we really get confused or, or we don't know how to choose or how to kind of really make this conclusive decision when it comes to choosing one thing over the other. And most of the times, we, these things surprise us, these things leave us confused, or we, we ultimately we end up compromising on a whole bunch of things. And what I love about the, 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 the pursuit of someone who seeks God is every single time you and me, are we, we're going to encounter these moments where we are surrounded with good things and we have to choose the God things. The first thing I want to talk about is good th God things are greater than good things. God things are greater than good things. Just, just let me set this up and, and build this up for you because uh, this, is, this is something powerful that the Holy Spirit really helped me learn, not just overnight, not just in a few weeks or a few months, but like I said, I'm, I'm still learning, so don't, don't judge me if I kind of misquote a few things to you guys. But I know for one thing for sure is that God things are greater than good things. Let me, let me break this down and give you a couple of examples, all right? Seeking God and experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ is a God thing. Are you guys with me? Seeking God and experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ is a God thing. Being a part of these kind of gatherings is a good thing. Right? Because you can be a part of these gatherings every single week. You can serve on every possible team on Zealous and you, you still don't have the desire to seek and go after the presence of God. You know what I mean? It's a good thing that you show up every week. It's a good thing that you decide to serve every week. We, we, we definitely need all hands to put this together. But there's a difference. All right? Let, let me... Are you good? Did people drop off the call? I'm just checking. All right. You guys are still there. All right. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple more examples, all right? Spending time reading and meditating on the scriptures of God, uh, scriptures is a God thing, all right? 
having a collection of of study bibles and audio books is a good thing and it's getting quiet even in the band over here just to tell you guys right i mean i i, I don't i don't mind you guys having this massive collection of study bibles and books and and all your massive audio collections and things like that that's a good thing that's 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 a good thing but the bible tells me and and i'm sure it tells you if you if you open your bibles and read this that joshua says that meditate on this book what day and night joshua 1:8 it says meditate on this day and night let the words of this this book let it not go out of your mouth meditate on it day and night right let me let me let me give you another one and then we'll move on okay living your life as a disciple of jesus and sharing about jesus with your friends and with your loved ones is a god thing attending outreach events and concerts is a i, I come on guys i can't hear you i it's a good thing right and and come on I, don't get me wrong i love the good things that we spoke about but if every single time you you and me we meet after months and after we uh, after weeks after months and after years if you and me are still continuing to go after the good things there's a problem in our lives because we have substituted the good for god and i think jesus is desiring it's his desire that he wants to challenge that anybody willing to get challenged by god tonight see what i'm trying to really help us see and get this in our hearts tonight is not every good thing necessarily a god thing not every good dream is a god dream not every good desire is necessarily god's desire for you so then the question arises nina you're so good and you just get a mic right now so it's very convenient and very easy for you to just say and point these differences between good and god how do i know what is the desire that god has for me well let's let's see what what happens because if we are to be a uh, if we are to be a people and a set of people and we desire to go after the presence of god we have to learn to handle this tension between god and good are you guys with me we need to learn to balance out this tension between god and good and i'm telling you there's no there's no cookie cutter answer for this right because every single one of you god has given you some set of unique gifts some unique qualities some unique talents that you possess that you can use for good but through that good you can also bring out the god in your lives and through your lives and and that is what i'm trying to hear what that is what i'm trying to tell you tonight is that our, our pursuit as christ followers is god himself it's god himself can you put that up in chat god himself our pursuit as christ followers is god himself and all that we do in practice must always be about finding his life in us his original design and his purposes for us in your life and through your life and our goal over here right our goal is not just gaining more biblical knowledge our goal is not just getting more theological understanding and and doing more of just social service and and just talking about living a spiritual life and living a disciplined life all of that is good our goal though 
And before I say that, these, what I just said, it's important, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. Next time I ask you, hey guys, are you reading the Bible? Hey, Ninad, you said there's no importance of reading the Bible. I, that's not what I'm saying. That is not our goal. These are the means to the end. They're, that's not the end in itself. Our goal is Jesus and Jesus alone. Can you say that? Our goal is Jesus our goal is Jesus and Jesus alone. I love this incredible quote uh, by this lady called Corrie ten Boom. Uh, after the Second World War, or rather during the Second World War, there's this incredible ten Boom family that lived. And she, she said this, You don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Because I'm telling you, in life, there will be situations where Jesus may not be the top priority for you. But I will also tell you, there will come times and moments where you and me must learn to make Jesus a priority or a top priority in our life. And I believe 2021 is going to start off in that manner for some of us. Amen. It is our sole responsibility to experience the presence of God and not just possess knowledge about Him. See, most of the times, okay, let me just address the elephant in the room, all right? Uh, how many of you are really fearful or really worried that if you really start reading this book on a daily basis, you're going you're gonna to get sidelined in your peers. You're going to be called labels. You're going to be given tags. And that's why you really want to kind of, you know, balance out this lifestyle. Anybody? I'm going to look at the screen for a minute uh, just so that we have those. Because if, if you tell me I'm the only one who's thought that way, uh, we really need some soul searching. <laughs> All right, let me, while you guys make up your the make up your mind which emoji to use, I'll give you time. Let me ask the guys over here. Are you guys are you guys with me? Am I the only one who thinks that way? Uh, like if I read the Bible every single day, if I okay. Since you're talking about weird things, if I carry this Bible every single place I go to, I'm gonna get judged. Right? Okay. There's no, Benji saying there's no emoji for this question. <laughs> right? Come on, man. I mean, let's let's be real. All of us, if uh, most of us, okay. I don't I don't want to come across stereotypical and judge everybody. But most of us, if not all, have got these thoughts running through your mind. It may take some time for you to confront uh, these thoughts, but I'm telling you, in a passing conversation, in a, in your in your sometime, you have thought, okay, you know. I, I really don't want to touch that part when it comes to living out my life. But I'm telling you that these are conversations that you and me need to learn to have. Uh, Brian's saying I need to start carrying a Bible. <laughs> Did you see what Neeraj said after that? <laughs> He's saying you need to start reading it too. All right, man. Okay, okay, okay. Shots fired, everybody. Hey, this is different, but it's, it's kind of good different. I mean, you guys are talking. You guys are not going quiet on chat. Right? That's good. That's good. Hey, where were we? Uh, I don't want to go off track. 
see, what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to get at is, on the outset, right, this, what I'm trying to help us understand sounds very mystical, sounds very religious, sounds very, oh, this is so ancient. This is this idea of just pursuing God sounds so ancient because I don't know whether you're thinking, okay, all of a sudden now, because we're talking about seeking God, because we're talking about distinguishing between the God and the good, I need to stop doing all the things that I was doing once upon a time and I am kind of have to start this pilgrimage journey, you know, and when you're halfway through your life, you think you're going to find Jesus. That's not what God desires. The desire that God has for all of us is quite different actually. And let me help you understand this. For a Christ follower, there is no division between the sacred and the secular. I told you, my guys, don't leave me hanging like that. There is no division between the sacred and the secular if you're, if you're a believer or if you're a follower or if you're a disciple, whatever you guys want to tag yourselves. Because when we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our lives, it is not just for your Sundays. You're not just saved on your Sundays. You're not just saved when, uh, when it comes to the spiritual life. You are learning. When you say that, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, you are saying, Jesus, you are the Lord of everything concerning my life. Every part of it. So whether it's, whether it's my spiritual life, whether it's my educational life, my business, my workplace, my relationships, my personal lives, those things that nobody around me knows about, those deepest, darkest secrets... Oh, we all have those. We all have those. You are the Lord even in those situations. That's what it means when we say, Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior of my life. It's not just for your Sundays. And, and don't get me wrong, we start our journey there. We start our journey in, in gatherings like this where we accept Christ and we really encounter the love that, 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 that we encounter in the person of Jesus Christ. It starts that, but it's all of us. It's all of, all of your lives, your spiritual, like I said, all the aspects of your life. And there is really no division when it comes to the sacred and the secular for a Christ follower. I'm sorry if, if, the, if the church life has been modeled out to you and me where we need to have this division between things that are sacred, things that are spiritual, and then things that are worldly, and then things that are, I mean, you know, whatever tags you want to live in. Because if you go back and read the Bible, the scriptures, the disciples never lived that way. They, they learned to beautifully integrate their, their lives. They, they learned to beautifully integrate the, the, the sacred with the secular. We basically learn to live our spiritual lives, our beliefs, our values in the secular spaces where you and me do most of our lives in. And the scripture, with the help of the Holy Spirit, teaches us to integrate our faith Integrate our convictions in every aspect of your life. See, because the challenge today is the, the, the culture and the trends around us are dictating our values and our convictions. That's the pressure that, that we have around us. But these very scriptures that were written so many thousands of years ago still equip us, still teach us, and still help us draw closer to Jesus and live according to his original design for you. 
And I have to tell you that when we, when we learn to differentiate between the God and the good, when we, when we understand that there is actually, uh, you know, no difference between the, 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 the sacred and the, and the spiritual, we also learn that our benchmark for right priorities and choices is the Word of God. Our benchmark for right priorities and choices is the Word of God. And I want to expand this one simple line by just looking at the life of David in the scriptures. And there's this one particular moment where all hell broke loose in his life. Uh, you know, just to, just to give you a context of this, of this particular psalm that we are about to read, this is after David has been anointed king. He, he's, been, he's been ruling and reigning for, for quite some time. And his kingship, his, his position of influence, his position of authority is being challenged because there's this uproar and there's this secret rebellion that has been, that has been growing. And in fact, it has grown up so much over, over the last uh, 35, 40 years, not by anyone else's, by his own son is rebelling against David's authority and all that David stood for. His own son Absalom wanted David dead. And, and some of the advisors, you know, who David trusted, some of the people of, who were involved in his leadership team managed to chase out David from the king's palace. David was, David was like on the run for his life again. You know, at some time back, he ran from, from the earlier king, King Saul, who wanted to kill him and all of that. Now he's on the run again. But this time, it's his very son who wants him dead, who wants to kind of, you know, wants nothing to do with him. And, and there's a whole backstory to that, which we won't go into right now. But David, let me, help me and, and visualize this. Think along with me as, as we're diving into this part. He had to leave behind his title. He had to leave behind his position, his influence, his, his belongings, his wives, and pretty much every good thing in the life of David that he cherished and he treasured, he had to put that away because he was on the run for his life. Yet in the middle of all that was happening to David and all that was happening with him, he did not, he did not leave out on his hunger and his thirst for the presence of God. In the midst of life-threatening situations, we see this incredible zeal. We see this strong willingness in the life of David uh, that, that, that we understand when David pens down this psalm. And we're going to be reading that. Psalm 63. And it's about, about 11 verses. And, and it's, it'll come up on your chat right now. But... Let's read that together. Let's, I know those are a lot of verses right now to discuss, but I think we can read that. Right? This is what it says. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you 
have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. He goes on. He says, But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down in the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouth of the liars will be stopped. See, this is one of the most powerful declarations of David. And the reason I say that, it's not because of this expressive lyrical arrangement. If you guys like writing stuff, you'd see that this is, this is kind of beautified, glorified, that he's, that he's penning down his situation in such beautiful words. But it's, it's not powerful, it's not a bold declaration because of that. It's not a, just because of the expressive lyrical content or the eloquence that, that David is writing with. I think this is one of the most powerful declarations because of the circumstances under which David is writing this. The circumstances under which David is choosing to say what he chooses to say. If, if, see, if, if you just pulled out your Bibles and saw how Psalm 63 starts, most of your Bible texts would say this line before verse 1. It says, a Psalm of David when, when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Most of the Bible texts say that. A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Now, now hear me, okay? If you just start reading this, this particular psalm with this line as only your reference point, you're going to get a totally different picture of David. You're going to think, okay, David is, David is having this getaway, you know, that we all, long, that we all like going out for, right? Julian, you're, you're, you kill it with that, right? Every single week when you see your Instagram stories, it's a new place every time, right? Right? I mean, I mean, come on. This, this is what, this is... Don't get that rosy picture, okay? Oh, this is, David is doing some soul searching, so he goes into these forests, these luscious green trees, and oh, it's a wilderness, and in the morning he'll see the sunrise, and, and all of that. It's none of that, okay? It's, it's none of that. In fact, the psalm was written when he, like I said, he was running from his life, from his son and the troops that were deployed to kill David, to kill all his trusted friends and leaders who had left the palace. And this is in the middle of all this scenario, David still finds the courage. David still finds the sanity in his mind to pen down words and say that this beautiful classic line, Oh God, you are my God. This guy is built and wired in a different way, man. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I will seek you. And I just want to leave you with three things from this particular psalm, which is an actual evidence of a life that prioritizes the presence of God. It's, it's a great example for you and me to learn of a life that treasures the word of God above everything else. Can you put that up in chat? Above everything else. Above everything else. He prioritizes the presence and the word of God. I want to tell you, I want to leave you with three things. The first thing, the person who seeks after God has inner satisfaction. Can you, can you say that or type that out? Inner satisfaction. Inner satisfaction, verse 5, and, and for the next few minutes, I'm going to be reading the same 
uh, verses, but in the Passion Translation, because it kind of gives a very expressive, uh, you know, writing. Verse 5 in the Passion Translation, it says, I will overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing, uh, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing. You have such a rich, you are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. Anybody loves going out for buffets? All right? Hey, put it up in chat, which is your favorite place for buffets? Let's see what, what are the options that are coming up. Annie, uh, if you have found any good place in Cardiff, please put it out in chat as well. We'll just act like we know what, what the place is. Marriott, all right, steaks. Neeraj, which buffet gives you steaks, man? Please let us know the place. You'd love to, we'd love to go there. Huh? <laughs> oh, steaks in Cardiff, all right. Okay. Hey, I'm still waiting. Ash, I thought you would have a flurry of options ready already for all the buffet options, right? Do you guys, do you guys, Remember the last time you went out for a buffet that you really loved and, and how you were like on that high for about one week, right? And, and you try to slip in that conversation into every, uh, that, that moment into every possible conversation you had. I mean, even when the conversation was not about food, you still try to make that conversation about food. You remember those moments? Well, let me tell you. Home-cooked meals, <laughs> and he's in lockdown, all right. Wow. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there are these moments where, where you're just like, that silence speaks so much, because you've enjoyed that food. And David is, just, just to give you that, that, that picture, that moment, I want to pull you back to the scriptures, because we're still talking about the Bible and not buffets. Uh, David is saying in verse 5 that you are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. David is never complacent but satisfied. You know, his, his soul, even though what was happening outside, his soul was rest, uh, was at rest. Even in the middle of, of the calamity, even in the middle of people chasing after his life and and. Maybe emotionally he was falling apart or the people around him are falling apart. But David still has this inner peace and this calm that we see when he's penning down these words. That's the kind of feeling that the presence of God leaves you with. Around you things might be really messed up. Around you, you might be thinking, my goodness, is this going to get better anytime? Is this ever going to stop the, the oppression that I'm going through? These wrong accusations that I'm going through? The things that are worrying me on a constant basis? Is this ever going to stop? But in the midst of that, in the midst of that, David still has this inner peace and calm. That's the first thing. Second thing, a person who seeks after God has inner joy. Inner joy. You know, David's joy is not based on circumstances. David's joy is not based on, on how things are shaping up. Like one fine day, if everything is falling in place well, he's happy. The next day when things are, things are worse, he's sad. That, that's not the kind of life, the rollercoaster life that David is living. David has found joy nowhere else but in the presence of God. 
See, because the reason I started off highlighting all the things that he left behind is when you reach a place of influence, when you reach at a place where it's, it's the things around you that start giving you pleasure, it's the things around you that start giving you satisfaction, and boom, one fine day, all of that goes away from you. You go, you go crazy in your mind, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty much the outcome we should have seen in the life of David when all these things were taken away from him. But yet, we see that David is, is so expressive about the praise. David is so expressive about the joy that he's found in the presence of God. Because you know, the first thing, he never counted those things as a determining factor to bring him joy, to bring him peace to bring him the satisfaction because his joy was found in the presence of God. Am I talking to a bunch of people whose joy is found in the presence of God? That's where his presence was. That's where his joy was found, in the presence of God. And, and the last thing, a person who seeks after God has this inner stability and balance. See, like I said, right, when we, when we make it our life's choice and we make it our life decision to seek God and to seek His presence, we don't need to act weird. We don't need to act this, like in this self-righteous, know-it-all kind of manner. You don't, you don't arrive when you start a relationship with Jesus. You don't arrive just because you have been following Jesus for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or one year, whatever. We never arrive when it comes to following Christ. Every single day we learn. And, and David helps us more, uh, kind of really understand that so well because whether he was a shepherd boy, whether he was a, he was a warrior, whether he was somebody who was just serving the palace, whether he was uh, somebody in a position of authority, he had this inner stability, he had this maturity, and he had this balance where he valued the presence of God above everything else. Because God was David's help. He, 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 was, he was steady, you know, whether, whether you have everything or you don't have everything. You have this inner resource and this inner peace and this inner calm and this inner stability that tells you, hey, you know what, Ninad? Even though you, this year may not have started the year the, the way you wanted it to start, you still have the presence of God that brings that stability. You still have the presence of God that brings that balance. You still have the presence of God in your life that brings that joy and that peace and that perspective. See, because one, the person who seeks after God is a person of strength, is a person of stability and with inner resources to meet Every crisis in your life. Every single crisis in your life. And as we wrap this up, I just want to tell you, you know, David could possibly have this kind of a lifestyle of putting God first because he was consistent. Can you guys type it out in this? Consistent. Consistent. Not one-off. Not one-off. Consistent. Consistent. He was consistent when it came to choosing between the good and God. He, he modeled that out so well. Like I said, whether he was a shepherd boy, whether he was somebody in the battlefield, whether he was in the position of influence, whether he was judging the, the people of Israel, whether he was leading them, whether it was making those governing decisions, whatever it is, David 
was consistent in, in, in choosing between the good and the God. And David exemplified this because he was able to integrate his belief in God, his understanding of the sacred in, in, the, in the secular. He was able to integrate the expectations of God in the decisions and everything that he did. And, and like I said, he, he was able to do all of this because he really valued and treasured the word of God. And the scriptures for David, right, it was not a ritualistic literature that he had to just hold on to. The scriptures were never a part of a ritualistic literature that he was just holding on to. David says in his own words, in a whole bunch of different Psalms, and I'm kind of paraphrasing in these two sentences, the words of God were life to his soul. The presence of God was as essential as food and water to David. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit this year, and specifically for us as a community, wants to encourage you and wants to challenge your choices and your priorities when it comes to experiencing Jesus in your daily life. Because, please hear me, zealous, hear me well when I say this. If we really desire to grow in a hunger and a thirst for Jesus, let us not shy away from putting aside the good things for the God things. Clearing out the lines and the divisions of the sacred and the secular. And in everything, in everything, learning to have the word of God have the ultimate say in your life situations. It's a healthy tension it's to have when you're always putting the, good, the God things above the good things. So I don't know, I don't know what, where you need to start today. I know we all need to start somewhere. We all need to learn on a consistent basis to prioritize the presence of God. Go after the presence of God. Seek after the presence of God above every other good thing that you can do. I'm sure if I have to ask you to start listing the good things, you may not even have a stop to that, that list and it can just go on. But I wonder if you, if you have made a decision this, this, this year to start listing the God things that you desire to do. And, and like I said, it only gets weird when you try to draw a line between the sacred and the, and the, and the secular. But if you make an intentional choice to pull off that line, to, to kind of erase that line, it's, it's never weird to live as a disciple of Jesus. It's never awkward to have a conversation about the lover of your soul, the one who's redeemed you, the one who gave his life for you so that you can live in freedom. It's never awkward to have a conversation about that person in the midst of your conversations. And I don't know how and where you're going to start, but I know the Holy Spirit is going to bring wisdom. The Holy Spirit is going to bring that inner stability. The Holy Spirit is going to bring that inner balance. He's going to bring that inner peace, that inner joy, just like we see in the life of David. But he is going to do that for you. He's going to do it in you because you don't need to live this life by yourself. But I want to ask you this. What I've shared with you are just these few 
markers for seeking God. I don't know which one you want to pick up right now and just start applying in your life. But the but the worst thing that could happen by the end of this conversation is that you just choose to live as you're living all these years and all these months and really not make an intentional effort to seek the presence of God. So I'm going to ask you this this is an open invitation for every single person who wants to go after the presence of God like how David went after it. There are times where where we need to put aside the good so that we can go after the God. The one who saved us, the one who redeemed us, the one who's given us a hope, a new life and a future. That's the Jesus that we have to seek this year. Cuz the most obvious outcome of that is you and me being the radiant one. So if that's you, can I just ask you to take the next few minutes to just pray over your life right now. Pray over the situations of your life and all that you're going through right now and say, "Holy Spirit, can you teach me to choose wisely? Can you teach me to treasure your word?" Can you teach me to go after your presence with all my heart with all my mind and with all my strength You don't have to do this alone You don't have to do this alone the Holy Spirit will lead you the presence of God will guide you through the scriptures through the word and through a community where we all can learn to make these decisions We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.